Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, something good to talk about. Welcome to the PHNX Sun Devils post-game show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download now using code PHNX to get $150 in free bets when you place just one or more dollar on any football game. I'm Shane Diefenbach. Brittany will be here in a second. There's some audio stuff going on, and she will be here soon. But Sun Devils fans, get in the comments. How are we feeling? Finally, something worth talking about um, and not in any bad way. Um, I, I, I genuinely was very impressed. This was one of the first times um, that I saw a uh, an ASU team put something complete together and I was able to highlight more good than bad on um, on my on my good and bad chart. There's more good than there's bad to talk about tonight. Um, so I, I'm, I'm super excited to get into it. Uh, got a celebratory white claw, mm. but yeah, let's just, uh, let's, let's start with, uh, what Jaden looked like in the pocket, outside of the pocket, everything that was going on. Um, zero second half points after mediocre first half defensively. It, yeah, that, I mean, that's the biggest thing to me was this defense that stepped up, um, especially in the red zone, obviously there was huge stops uh, going down and uh, an unsung or an unlikely hero um, at the end of the game uh, uh, by Eric Gentry, the freshman uh, that came in uh, flying and read that RPO perfectly that had been killing the devils all night. Um, But man, there are so many people that stepped up in this game. We'll get to each one by one. Um, but at the start in that first quarter, it really, really felt like it was going to be another scary uh, late game situation that was caused by self-sabotage. But speaking of self-sabotage, we played a self-sabotageur tonight. Um, the Devils faced their, their themselves and not in the way that the Devils have been facing themselves before when it's ASU versus ASU. Um, there were a lot of penalties, a lot of drops some weird play calling on UCLA's end, but the most imp- important part was the Devils were able to capitalize on those. And um, th- that was that, that was huge for this team. Uh, the the running backs, as always, uh, the, the thing that sets these this running back core apart from everybody else in the um, NCAA right now, uh, especially in the Pac-12, is how patient they are finding holes. Jaden does this too. Rashad White, uh, Chip, they're so patient. They don't just run right into the, the teeth of the defense. Um, and it, it, it speaks volumes for 
how um how great of a of a mind is behind some of these guys uh, how experienced they are for their age um the patience that were that led to another rashad white touchdown um Jaden and on that last drive that kind of sealed it uh it, it was it, it was beautiful i mean the I really, really enjoyed what I saw on the offensive end uh, in that second half. Um, and it didn't look like they were going to be able to execute on um, these unforced errors that UCLA was making. But, I mean, Jaden, just such a natural runner. Um, <laughs> he had some Russell Wilson-type moon balls tonight to Ricky Pearsall. Um, Curtis Hodges showed up at the end of the game. I mean, everybody was contributing. Um LV Bunkley Shelton threw a couple of great blocks, surprisingly, especially on that screen pass. Uh, and let me see what Brittany is saying. Um, she says, tell the viewers StreamYard is being a effing dick. Um, so viewers, that's what's happening to Brittany right now. She'll be in here as soon as she can. Um, but it's, it, it's, it, it's a, it's a real win. Sun Devils fans. It's a, it's a real complete win. Uh, and, there isn't much else to say about um, this team right now other than I'm excited. Yeah, Jaden was dropping bombs tonight. This, this was this was a Jaden Daniels that I'm sure he missed, but Sun Devils fans definitely missed. Um, he, he He's a great runner, and I say this a lot. He's a great runner, but he doesn't want to be um, known as a runner. He wants to, to be that pocket guy that can escape like Russell Wilson does, um, like the greats do, like all – good quarterbacks with legs do they're a quarterback that's what their position is they throw the football and he was using that as a last resort almost and he was taking what the defense was giving them or giving him and i mean he he he's just so composed he he's been composed since he was a true freshman and it keeps building on it and building on it and the three interceptions versus the two touchdowns that he had coming into this game um it, it, it shows that he takes that seriously. And Jaden's the hardest person on himself. Um, I, I, I do think this was his best overall game since his freshman year uh, when he faced Oregon. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm juiced right now. Um, let's talk defense. Um, let's talk Darian Butler. Let's talk DJ Davidson. Darian Butler is strong and DJ Davidson is large. Uh, Darian Butler reminds me a lot of Jamal Adams, the way he flies around the field. He's that plug and play kind of guy. Um, and if he gets his hands on you, you're not getting out of the tackle. He's so strong, so physical, um, and really smart uh, with his with, with the way he reads the ball, and especially the RPOs with a guy like DTR in the backfield. Um, I do ASU should be ranked after this win. Um, the BYU loss is looking better and better as they continue to win. Um, but I'd be very, very surprised if ASU wasn't ranked after this. <clears throat> um, corners, again, some shaky play in the first half. Um, but I, I think they were kind of handicapping themselves by not bringing a ton of pressure the whole game. Um, you saw that on third down, the third and three in the third quarter, I believe, uh, when they brought pressure. Brittany is here. Let's go. Brittany. Dude, okay, I don't know what you talked about. First and foremost, I would be remiss if I didn't say, fuck you, StreamYard. This is like the third time this has done this to me for my own live show, and I can't get on. And then I have to come out to my desktop, which takes forever to start up, because I'm not it's anticipating right. I'm going to have to get on this. Right. And then it just slows my hey, whole process down. So, hey, this, hello. If, 
if this was a win, lo- though. Yeah, if this was a loss, I, I'd assume uh, you would be a lot more mad right now. Um, I honestly probably would be okay with it to be like, I don't want to get on here and talk about this. <laughs> I'm like excited, so I want to come talk <laughs> yeah. about this. And I'm like, God, come on, computer. Yeah. So um, yes, yeah, hey, yeah, how welcome. about them devils though? Oh yeah, I, I was just I was kind of touching on everything. I was sprinkling back and forth, responding to some comments. Um, I was talking about the defense before you joined. Um, I was saying uh, that yeah, Ben don't break defense. Yeah. that's the shit I like. Um, yep. I'm okay with them going down to you know the red zone and giving up three points if that's what they have to take but um it's still not um the seven that they would have given up in the past and you know I just I think there's been a huge um improvement overall really um in the last couple weeks I think maybe that BYU loss was what the team needed to to humble them but um I, I was pretty impressed with the defense uh once things started getting rolling and especially in the second half I mean they didn't allow UCLA to score at all in the second half. And I think that's yep. absolutely phenomenal, especially when you look at what um, a Chip Kelly coach team normally is able to do absolutely. and uh, really how explosive their offense has been all year. Yeah. And the thing that really, really juices me up is what we talked about. They got a little bit of a feel last week of it. Um, that kind of swagger that starts to build on itself. Um, the defense starts building stops together. Um, that first uh, drive touchdown in the second half really started that, and then they got the goal line stand, and then they got the ball back. And that, that the swag that keeps building on itself, it's something that this ASU team needs. And even when they're on the road, they showed that they can they can get to that point and, and elevate. So I, I was very, very impressed with that. I just – okay, and I said – on Friday show when I picked against ASU, you were really surprised, but um, I really was just not sure if they were going to be able to put everything together into one package on the field. And I said, I would eat my words, which I'm going to. Um, but I, I just, I'm blown away. I said it. I said it earlier, early in the week, and it, it came true. The matchup was the biggest thing for me. I think both these teams were pretty equally talented. Um, you know, they have a great uh, running quarterback in DTR, um, a really well-coached team. Their defense is okay. Um, I, it, it was it was a lot better than it usually is on, against the pass tonight. Um, but to me, the only having to focus on stopping DTR in that run game I think I thought ASU was able to do that. And it was getting a little scary in the first half because the thing you can't do with this UCLA team is let them get a lead because mm-hmm. they, they have trouble playing from behind. And it, it showed they can't they can't open their playbook to whatever they want when they're down, you know, two scores in, in the third quarter. And once you start bringing pressure, uh, that DTR's strong suit isn't getting the ball out quickly. It's it's waiting it's for not. the read and, and, and running when he needs to. Um, but yeah, it, the 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 defense it was complete in that second half, um, and again the swag it, it showed. Um, the corners were getting juiced, some big hits, uh, Darian Butler flying across the field, um, some some young guys stepping up as I mentioned earlier, um, and Eric Gentry on the goal line uh, reading that read option. It's it, it's it's something you really just love to see as a Sun Devils fan. And it really is, and you know without Evan Fields out there tonight. It, there was a kind of a bit of a question as to who was going to step up because Fields mm-hmm. is a guy who does a lot of that work right there, getting those big stops. And so for 
him to come out as a freshman and have that kind of performance, it it says a lot about him and what his future and his potential is, but uh, kind of just about, you know, I guess the culture that they're starting to bring back to the program of helping each other work harder, push actually truly pushing each other to be better and not just saying it, but, but practicing what you preach every single mm-hmm. day, day in, day out. And, you know, not just because you're trying to look the part, but actually because what you're supposed to do when you're committed to the, to doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, one thing I touched on before you joined was how ASU, it was, this was the first time they played themselves, but not in the way they've been doing it. Um, they played another self-sabotaging team. Um, and one, one play I want to highlight um, that kind of exemplifies that is their UCLA's first drive um, in the second half on a third down. Uh, it was a third and three. And I don't know if it was a weird play call by Chip Kelly or it was the wrong read by DTR, but he, he aired it out um, mm-hmm. into double coverage and that got broken up. And then ASU ended up getting the ball back. And that was kind of the swing for me. I thought that stop getting the ball back, juicing up this defense and firing up the offense to go want to score again, um, even though they didn't after that. I thought it was a huge turning point because it, it, it not only takes away faith and UCLA's offense, but it instills faith in, UC- in ASU's defense. And the uh, as I keep saying, the juice just builds on each other, and it boils up. And in the fourth quarter, I mean, it, it, still when it was a nine-point game, it felt like the game was over. Yeah, it, it really did. I I felt like at that point the game already was put away as well. I mean, um, mm-hmm. I think you kind of just know with how both teams are able to run the clock out unless something really, really wild yeah. were to happen. It was Which probably... isn't out of the question with ASU. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what was I going to say? I was going to say something that has, it was, oh, I felt like a big um, defining moment uh, that I saw was the fumble recovery early on that ASU's defense had. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because if they wouldn't have gotten that, that recovery um, yeah. and they fought for that because UCLA sure. looked like they had it. He dove in there and ripped yeah. it out and somehow came up with it. And I know ASU was only able to put three points on the board, but still I think of that as, you know, UCLA's offense did start out pretty hot. So if they would have been able to continue yep. that again, um, I, I just feel like at least ASU's defense was able to break up that rhythm a little bit, put three points of their own back on the board, match it, and, you know, kind of at least get in their heads a little bit. Yeah. Jay Karch, that, uh, that unnecessary roughness was very ASU-like. Um, I saw that, and and on the replay when they showed it, the the line judge was standing in the middle of the field staring at him, um, and he just dove. That. It was it was bizarre. It was a very ASU level mistake, and 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 it, it, it's 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 almost a little weird to be on the other side of it, but it makes it gives you a, a warm feeling in your heart knowing that this team can capitalize on mistakes. Um, because Brittany, yeah. after that, after they recovered that fumble that you were talking about, you saw how pessimistic I was when I was texting you. I was like, yeah, it's, not, like it's not it's a turnover. It's not enough. Yeah, and I was like, well, you know, it's, it's a yeah, start. It's, it's a start. Something. It's an un- unforced turnover. Yeah, we'll touch on the special team mistakes in a second. Um, yeah, we'll Bailey, talk about the bad. bad. We'll talk about the bad later. Let's get let's get the good out first. But yeah, I was very pessimistic because um, as you said, if they continue that drive and score, I feel like the game is over. I was telling I was telling people I was watching the game with, I was like, listen, like like this game is over if they go go get a touchdown right now. The ASU can't stop them. They don't know what to do. And um, obviously, I was probably being a little dramatic, uh, but at the <laughs> same time, it kind of did feel like that. Uh, that this this bend don't break offense was like a like a a wooden ruler that doesn't bend at all and it just snaps. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, what I did feel like we saw from ASU's offense tonight was really, really great play calling by Zach Hill. This Mm. is exactly what we have wanted to see his playbook come to life. Jaden Daniels looked absolutely phenomenal. We Mm. saw Ricky Pearsall step up as a huge receiver. My big question right now, is he going to be ASU's next guy? Um, At this point, it's looking like it's trending that way because every week he's starting to do a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, and you know, I think it's great. I think he also has a little bit of that hometown connection, that hometown feel. He went to Corona del Sol. He's a Tempe Uh kid. So I think that there's a little bit of a extra additional motivation that lies within that factor for him to, to thrive and to exceed, um, on the field, um, or succeed. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Um, but but I I, I do, I do want to talk about this question, Jake Hartz. Um, I was screaming this, uh, when DTR would get out of the pocket, I was screaming because they had a lot of contain going, but there was no spy. I mean, there, there there were some spies occasionally, but for the most part, that was not the game plan. I think the game plan was to keep him in the pocket and um, not let him scramble to outside of the tackles. But what he was doing was he was just running up the middle. So I was I was losing my mind because um, Merlin would set up there or Darian Butler would set up in the middle of the field. And then it would it, it looked like they were playing a spy, but they were just playing like a deep hook or something in the middle, like a 10-yard hook, and then they'd fall over receiver. And that's when he would break out. So – I mean, ASU won, so I'm I'm not going to be the one to say, like, no, this is uh, – like, they should have had a spy for sure. But I would have liked to see what would have happened. Um, maybe Herm knows something we don't. Maybe taking that corner that would have been in coverage uh, as that spy or the linebacker that, would, that wouldn't have been able to drop back because he is a spy um, would have hurt what the game plan was and w- what they were trying to take away. But I, I, I do agree um, – or I, I, I do uh, question it as well. Um, I wonder what the what that idea was with the spy, um, but as we're talking about now on a post game win show, it turned out all right. You want to know what I wondered during the game? What in the hell is Herm Edwards doing with the clock halftime? Like, I know. And, and I bring this up because it's something that I feel like is ironic because I find myself saying it more and more recently, and I know. He likes to manage the clock. Sorry, I have a hair that's like wrapped in my glasses and poking <laughs> me in the eyes. Um, he manages the clock like an NFL coach, which is the, I mean, I, I get it, but it's not the NFL is college and you got to do things a little bit different. Um, and so I don't always necessarily like how he just waits and waits and waits. And then it's like, ah, we're in rush mode because we got to get shit done. Um, that's not the way that I feel like they should be playing. So, um, you know, I look at, I don't know where I was going with this. I got lost. What was I saying? <laughs> no, yeah, uh, let's let's just go to let's go to the the bad now. Um, I was saying something though. What was I? What was I saying? You 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 were talking about the uh, on and off, and w- w- when it comes to the special teams, I don't know where you were going with it. You were just I don't think that's go. what I was saying. I don't think I was saying special teams. All right, let's move on, Brittany. Let's talk about. I the can't bad. remember, but it was important. Well, if, if you if you remember it, this we'll bring it up. This is the story of my life. Half the time, my brain doesn't work. I didn't take all it out right. all day. I have no fuck. Yeah, I, my focus is gone. Like my concentration level doesn't exist. Let's let's talk bad. Um, as we said, fast start for that UCLA UCLA offense. It looked it looked bad. Um, and then the first of one or the first of two really bad plays by DJ Taylor. Um, the kick return. Well, he he caught the ball, ran. Those were terrible. Sideways, and then decided to take it out. Um. And it'd be one thing if he gets to the 20, because it's not the 25, it's the 20 in college. But he didn't yeah. even get close that time. And then on the second time he did it, he didn't get close either. Um, and then obviously the muffed punt, which was, I mean, that, it was a total brain fart. And I get why he is the main return guy. Um, 
you saw him not uh, come out for the for the punts. Uh, it was Bunkley Shelton. Bailey got it. Her running the clock. We'll back to that in a second. Continue. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but yeah, so so th- that was one of the worst things I saw was was the brain fart and how um, how how they kind of oversee the potential of of what uh, DJ Taylor can do when he's returning yeah. the ball. Um, as opposed to him being, you know, a young guy who makes mistakes, but I like the confidence in him. Just he, you got to talk. He, someone's got to get figured out because he's made some pretty boneheaded plays so far in this year. Yeah, I mean, he's got he makes good ones that almost make up for the bad ones, but the bad ones are still ingrained in your head, so you still remember those ones too. So then you sit mm-hmm. there and you're like, uh, uh, all right, get to your no. hermer in the clock. Yeah, okay, anyway, so I don't understand how he runs the clock half the time. Going back to that, uh, I used to always complain about Todd Graham and how he was just piss poor at clock management, right? Um, And I almost feel like Herm is bad, but it's hard to say he's bad when you compare it to Todd Graham, but they're both bad just in different ways. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say. It was something I thought about earlier. It was really bizarre to me because as Jay Cards brings up, he called the timeout after third down, but then when it was fourth, he decided not to call it and let the clock run down, um, which is weird to me because the, the only the only defense I have was I believe it was fourth and four, fourth and five, maybe. So maybe it was the it was the thought that there's there, there's going to be only 14 seconds left on the clock. Um, so they they wouldn't go for it um, because they they uh, they wouldn't have enough time to end up getting points. Um, but if you call a timeout with 40 seconds left, then if they pick up the first down, then there might be enough time to, you know, the clock stops after you get the first down and then go get a field goal or whatever. That's the only defense I have. Um, but if that, if that's your idea, then just don't call the first time out on third down. It's a, it's a little bizarre, but it's kind of a minuscule thing. Um, if we wouldn't, if they wouldn't have muffed the punt, it would be, uh, uh, uh non-existent. It wouldn't have mattered, but ultimately it did, unfortunately. And then it didn't because they won. <laughs> it was just a, uh. One of those things that left me sitting there like questioning again, because this isn't the first time that I've been there this year. And then I was also there last year and the season before that. So it's, it's like one of those things that just keeps coming up, but it's not, it's not one of the things that's glaring enough that it sits in the forefront of your mind where you're always thinking about like, that's really an area of concern, but sometimes it pops up and you're like, dude, what, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh the unfortunate targeting on solely uh in the third quarter uh, yeah it, I, it, that was not well, a good call even well, uh, so, i mean so this, i don't this, always feel like the commentators are right but even the commentators were in agreement that that was a terrible call well, yeah, they brought um, blandino on um i i still think it should have been targeting um because he did hit him in the head i don't think it should have been an ejection but with a guy like dtr it's impossible to know if he's going to juke or slide. Because when they showed that slow-mo replay, even in slow motion, he puts his foot in the ground at first and then decides to slide. So it looks like he's going to cut left. And and uh, there's just nothing you can do as a defender. And that, it's the rule. And I completely understand and agree that the rule should be in place because the head and neck hits are very dangerous. But if you put yourselves in a linebacker or corner shoes that's flying at the quarterback uh, downfield, I mean, it's it's impossible. It's a bang bang play. There's there's not much you can do except for keep your head up and try to avoid the head. But even then, it's 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 really hard. So that was yeah. an unfortunate I mean, it's thing. Just but one of those things. Yeah, um, I think that's part that of the game. The, you're gonna get yeah. calls like that sometimes, but 
I'm not a yeah, fan think, of that one, especially that like just in that situation. I really just yeah. thought it was a bad call. I think that might have been one of the only low points of that of that uh, second half. Uh, I there were so many parts on my the bad segment uh, on my notes, and they all stopped. They almost all stopped at the end of the first half. Um, a lot of what ASU was doing that was scaring me in the first half was they were getting gift after gift. You know, the missed field goal that they didn't capitalize on, um, the drops. Um, and then they would get too many men on the field. They had three of those. Um, luckily yeah, they cleaned I, that those was up. something that I was thinking too. How, like, why are they ha- having such an issue defensively getting everything like set up to go? Like, how are these substitutions messing with you guys that much? Are you that not prepared right now? And then they ended up, whatever they did at halftime, they came back out and they looked light years better. They looked like we a all completely know different they team. Gave up no points. Looked like a completely different team. Um, and yeah, I, I really wonder what, what that miscommunication or disconnect is. Um, because I believe one of them was Rashad white trying to get off of the field or maybe it was chip. It was one of the running backs. Um, and I'm just, I, I'm curious to know, I want to get in the minds of the players or the coaches and I want to know, I, I almost wish it was the players faults, you know, cause it'd be worse if it was the coaching staff. So I, I just want to know where that comes from and how that's happening um, again in week five. I don't want to keep saying this. How is this happening in week blank every week? But I mean, man, it, it, it's it's just not. Yes, low tone Capone. Let's fucking go. Yes. Bring that energy, baby. Let's go. Uh, I, I'm still super juiced. Uh, we, we, we talked I'm excited about, this, about yeah. the win. I think it's, it's a big win. Uh, I think we really need to touch on the fact that under Herm Edwards, ASU has never been 2-0 to start out conference play. Ever since mm-hmm. Herm Edwards has arrived, they've dropped their first conference game of the season every year except this year. So winning against Colorado was huge uh, in that aspect in itself. Then you throw on a road win against UCLA, making it 2-0. Um, that's going to be really big. And I think if they're able to make it 3-0 and this upcoming week against Stanford, that might be a definitive turning point in terms of uh, really solidifying their spot uh, as they push towards being the Pac-12 South winners and ultimately going to be the hopefully the Pac-12 South champions later on. But I think it's going to be a turning point because it's going to be a short turnaround. Um, you know, they got to be ready for a Friday night game. And this Stanford team is somebody that, you know, for the past two years before this, I I felt like Stanford was really hard to figure out on a week-to-week basis. And then this year, I feel like they're finally a little bit more solid. They had a couple rough weeks at the beginning, but then they've just been on a tear ever since that upset over uh, USC, you know. Um, I think that coming into this game for them, it's going to be a lot to prepare for. Because well, if and you pay attention up. to Stanford, they really don't have much depth um, to begin with. It's really hard for them to get uh, as many guys uh, on scholarship there because not as many kids meet their academic standards that they set. Um, and then when you're already that small and that depleted, and then you also factor in with everything that happened last year with the transfer portal, kids weren't really transferring into Stanford. They were transferring out. Um, And then they got really banged up in today's game against Oregon. I mean, yes, they pulled off a huge win. Hats off to Stanford. By the way, if you watch that game, it reminded me of Christmas, especially with, you know, Stanford's (laughs) stupid tree. That was like the icing on top of the tree so much. Christmas thing. But um, yeah, it's like, you know, they're they're going to have a lot to overcome. They they have a short week of practice. They're back on the road. 
Um, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot for Stanford to come into this game. Um, yeah. I personally, after ASU's victory tonight against UCLA, feel very positive going into this game on a short turnaround week. Yeah, I mean they're gonna be they're gonna be fired up obviously after upsetting Oregon. Um, as Low Tone Component pointed out, their starting quarterback did get injured uh, the play before they sent it into overtime, I believe. So there's nothing on that yet, I don't think. Um, but I mean they're they're on top and of the world right now. That's not their only injury. Um, yeah. They have a lot of injuries to their defense right now, mm-hmm. which I think um, ASU should be able to capitalize on, especially with uh, you know now that we've seen what. Hi, Mike. <laughs> um, especially now that we've seen um, everything that they're starting to uh, be able to do with this Zach Hill offense, now that they're starting to get a little bit more acclimated and acquainted with each other and with him and with his playbook, getting back into, you know, the loud environment. And that's another thing I think ASU did really well with the sound tonight. Um, you know, they're home next week before they're back on the road at Utah. And I think Utah is going to be more hostile than UCLA was in terms of the noise level. So I think that they're going to have a little bit of a, a, a test concerning that. But, you know, for now, they're not going to have to worry about that too much coming back home. So I think it's going to be good. Um, I'm excited for what uh, their game plan is for this week. I'm excited to get out to practice, see how things go. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I forgot to mention earlier that was understated. So not only Eric Gentry, Eric Gentry the true freshman linebacker, making that huge uh, goal line stand on DTR, but the play before that, um, Jordan Clark uh, coming in at corner for one of the few times he played, uh, he had one of the most unbelievable wrap-ups I've seen on not only a player, but especially a guy yeah. like DTR who is so impossible to bring down. Um, I low tone component was terrified to bet on the over. Um, I, I didn't touch the over under because of how much was, uh, how, how much these teams can run the ball. Um, I was honestly kind of scared that, uh, UCLA would take the lead and run, but that brings me into our sponsor DraftKings Sportsbook. It's America's top rated sportsbook. If you want to bet the over or the under in any football game, you can head over to their, uh, sportsbook app. It's fantastic. Super easy to use. It's safe. It's secure. It's reliable. And the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code PHNX. Get $150 in free bets instantly when you place just one or more dollar on any football game this week, no matter what. Um, 21 plus Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you think I'm sweating right now, it is because I am because I had um, ASU money line parlayed with Fresno State covering and they just completely exploded they're down 27 to 24 and with two minutes to go um and i made that bet on the DraftKings sportsbook app um so if you want to make bets like this and sweat at 11 36 p.m with me go ahead and download that app it's super fun super easy to use um and uh, you can get some free money to play around with uh makes this a little bit easier rather than me sweating drinking a white claw in my room talking to you at 11 36 well if you want to shave your balls with no issues <laughs> you should Use our use our promo code and sign up for Manscaped. <laughs> use the code PHNX when you go to manscaped.com and you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. I don't know any other way to segment into that. Um, my care package game. I don't have balls to shave of my own, but I do have this trimmer to use for this. So I'm just going to go with it for that. 
Um, well, not only is it a fantastic product that Manscaped delivers, I also got my care package. Um, but right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHNX at manscaped.com. Um, oh, you mean exactly what I said at the beginning? Yeah, but, I'm, but I'm, I wanted to read this part. That's why. Actually, I, I also had my headphones off because I was terrified for what you're going to say next. Slay your worst pubes <laughs> and keep your dagger clean with Manscaped. Um, yeah, get that. It's super It's super fun. Uh, it's, it's not super fun. That's DraftKings. DraftKings is super fun. Cool. Manscaped, Manscaped could <laughs> be super fun. super fun to shave your balls with these, it with these air trimmers. It is, it is actually because of the uh, LED light that's on it. Um, oh. Yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, it makes it really easy. Um, so yeah, head over to Manscaped, use that code PHNX, get 20% off of free shipping, uh, only at manscaped.com. What are you um, sipping on tonight? I got a white claw, uh, black cherry. I got my dogfish head brewery. Nice. That I this was is more about of a, those vodka soda, yeah. blueberry, whatever, blueberry this is, shrub. This is more of really a, good. This is more of a prop than anything. I'm just going to go to bed right after this, I think. I've had one. This is still half full, and I have more work to do, so I'm gonna stay up and just work. Speaking of work, are you um are you writing post game right now? I'm about to start. That's exactly Woo! what I'm gonna do. Where can they find that when it's posted? You can find that on gophnx.com. Make sure you get over there, sign up. It's a little bit late, uh, but my next story on the ASU uh, sleeping giant series should be up by tomorrow. After sitting down and talking with some people about it, I felt like I needed a little bit more of something to add to this one before putting it out there um, in terms of really bringing everything around full circle for this first story. So uh, I got that today uh, and I didn't want to publish it during the game because I felt like that was just a terrible time to put something like that up. So it'll be going up tomorrow and I'll be sharing it on social media for you. And I hope you guys look out for it and read it and share your thoughts with me on it because I worked a ton with it and hell yeah low tone capone to jim beam yes sir um if you want to catch some whiskey sipping tomorrow mor morning tomorrow morning tomorrow morning um, tomorrow morning type of the morning for you <laughs> 9 a.m i'll be on the uh tailgate show that we do and we'll probably do another shot of whiskey to start it's a fun show and you can support me because my turnaround is god awful it starts at nine the office is like 45 minutes away from me so i gotta drive in enough about me let's talk more asu um Closing thoughts. Uh, what was your favorite part of the night uh, watching from your couch or wherever you watched? And I want, I, I want your Saul. I want answers in the chat from you guys too. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, one thing, Saul, you know, I love the fact that he's a local kid. You know, I really feel like his game where he came into himself was last year against U of a, that was really where he was able to kind of stand out and make a name for himself um at least a little bit he was able to finally do a little bit more work and we heard his name called a little bit more in the game against u of a and i really thought it was significant because of the game that he did it in because he's a local kid you know um and then seeing him come into this year and yes he did have a drop pass tonight and he got a couple other drop passes this year but he really did have huge clutch plays tonight yeah. for really long touchdowns and you know, he just looked phenomenal. He looked like out of every receiver on the team, he looked like he um, his catches were the most significant so far For sure. in terms of advancing ASU in any game that they've really been in. Um, I mean, Curtis Hodges had a really good catch a couple weeks ago. Um, LV Bunkley Shelton had a couple, but 
you know, I just think being able to put two of them together in tonight's game for those enormous touchdowns, um, the fact that he's a local kid, you know, I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm, we'll, I'm a fan of his performance tonight. I think he yeah. is. Yeah. You get my vote for uh, outstanding performance of the night. That's why he's on the thumbnail, baby. Uh, speaking of Pearsall, uh, the so obviously it was a great play call. The screen, his first touchdown. Um, well, before I talk about that, the drop you've mentioned, that was the first time he was targeted, I believe, in the game that he dropped it. After that, no drops. So I love that type of player that puts it behind him. But the screen that was called, um, not only was it a great play call, but it was a perfect read and a good block thrown by LV Bunkley Sheldon. He faked outside, chose the right way by going inside, and then his speed took him the rest of the way. And my favorite part about that play was it wasn't actually the play itself, but after the touchdown and the extra point, they cut to the sidelines. And the first thing you saw was uh, Pearsall going over to Bunkley Sheldon and uh, giving him props for that block, uh, which is awesome because it's, it's a really, really underrated thing that receivers are good at. Um, some receivers are a receiver that is also a good blocker. The beautiful, the beautiful package. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's like tight ends. I mean, I love a tight end. I love me a tight end that actually gets some action and can block. Um, yeah. I know like Gronk was a wildcat, but he is one of like my favorite tight ends mm -hmm. to this day still. Um, just his ability and what he does on the field, but that's also why he's so beat up and has a back of like a 90 year old, but, um, you know, Hey, um, yeah. let's get to some of these, uh, favorites. Uh, first one I saw was that goal line stand. Yes. That was, that got me so fired up. I stood up, I did a little dancey dance. Um, I was stoked. Uh, yeah, as we mentioned, the uh, two pretty, uh, unexpected heroes came through, um, for that stop, uh, and it, it, I, I just thought it was so fun with seeing Eric Gentry and Jordan Clark be those guys when people like Darian Butler and Merlin was kind of quiet tonight, but people like Darian Butler and uh, Chase Lucas yeah, and Jack Merlin, Jones. Merlin wasn't making a ton of noise, but you but know, he but he was I always was in the okay play. He was always in the play. That's all that matters. He didn't he did he didn't show up much on the stat sheet, but he was always disrupting the run game. Um, Bailey says uh, the bombs thrown by Jaden. His yep. deep ball was perfect tonight. I mean, it cannot get any better than that. Um, the Gordian Porter uh, throw to start the game was one of the best balls I've seen him throw at ASU. Uh, I was shocked it, it, he caught that. Yeah, I was, it was like a great going adjustment. insane. It was I was a like, great Whoa. adjustment. Yeah, um, it was a great ball, but a well, really good adjustment. Uh, that type of ball is so hard to throw. I'm, I mean, of course it is, but it, it's even harder than it looks uh, because it, you have to throw it so well, high let's, that let's, it drops straight down. Put it out there. Jaden makes it look pretty easy, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he makes everything look easy. The way he runs, he runs so, like, obviously he's patient, but he runs so smooth. It doesn't even look like he's running fast. Like, if you just took him, um, like, in a black void and you didn't see anything behind him running or moving, you wouldn't know how fast he was running. You'd think he was jogging. He's just so smooth with everything. He's always so composed, and he he he, he shows that in his running style, and I love it. He's just such a fun uh, uh, quarterback to root for. Um, Jake Hart really says is. he brings a lot of energy and a lot of intensity. Yeah. That 95 yard uh, drive that was near the seven minute. Uh, yeah. The 95 that was near the seven minute yard drive um, for the fourth quarter goal line stand. Yep. Um, so right after the goal line stand, that long ass drive. Yeah. Shane uh, texts me and perfect. goes, they have to score right yeah. here. Yeah. Um, I believe Curtis Hodges was the one that started that drive. Oh my God. Speaking of play calling, how much faith do you have to have in your quarterback to call a uh, a designed quarterback rollout 
when you're backed up on your own two yard line. And Jaden like threw a strike to Curtis Hodges, and that started that seven minute drive. Stay disciplined, yes. They stayed disciplined on that drive, and it yeah, it was great to see. I, I loved that drive. It was exactly what ASU fans have been wanting. Um, again, capitalizing on mistakes, capitalizing on a big stop. You know, keeping that momentum on your back. Uh, mm-hmm. as, yeah, as Brittany said, I texted her. I was like, this, this needs to be a scoring drive. They need to score because if they don't, that stop means nothing, and their UCLA is right back in this game. Um, Bailey said, um, I think a big yeah, ASU did have big. a lot more yeah. big offensive plays yeah, than sure. UCLA did. Uh, a lot more explosive plays. Uh, as they said uh, during the broadcast, if you guys were listening, uh, ASU's defense has not given plays more than 40 yards this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of a stat that they tend to keep from year to year. Um, I think last year they might have given up a couple plays uh, in the, I, I don't know, I think it was the USC game they gave up a big play like that last year. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but they, they normally are one of the few remaining teams that uh, is yet to give up a play of 40 yards or more by about the midway point in the season. So it's nice to see that once again this year, they're back on that uh, same stat page right up there again, yeah. especially all the other troubles that they kind of have been dealing with and have been struggling with. So Yeah, uh, one thing about the fast start that actually gives me a lot of um... – hope in this in this defense especially team defense as a whole is how how hopeless it almost looked at the start um when ucla was getting whatever they wanted um and a defense that's able to adjust is and is what it takes to be an elite level defense and i thought they adjusted really well um by kind of giving dtr that room to run but again the bend don't break mentality you saw in the second half and that, that that's where good defense turns to great defense and I thought they were a great defense in that second half second half performance uh by ASU was pretty much just lights yeah. out um in almost in most sense senses of the word I mean it's about the the best football those are the best two quarters of football ASU has played all year this year in my mm-hmm. opinion so um kind of the same in the same vein but Give me your biggest takeaway from this game tonight. And again, chat, you can communicate what you thought the biggest takeaway was. I can go first if you want to think about it. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. (laughs) Okay. Um, I have have like two, so I'm kind of torn between which one I should say. My biggest takeaway is that if you get the ball in Rashad White or Chip Tranum's hands, no matter if it's a screen, it's a swing, or you're just handing the ball off, good things will happen. Um, as I've mentioned this whole show, the patience exhibited by these running backs is not only so um, the notions of an experienced running back and a confident running back, but it's also just what a smart and talented running back does. And Rashad White, with his speed, even though he has the afterburners and can fire him on, he's so patient. He, he You always see him, if, if, if it's a deep handoff or even if it's just a dive, he takes that extra second to kind of read what's open. This is my this is this a gap is supposed to be the hole that's open, but if it's not, where am I going? And on that touchdown that sealed the game, you saw him. He was I think it was just supposed to be a design run up the middle, and he stopped, planted his foot, gave a little hezzy, and was like the outside. That's where I'm going. And I don't know if that was by design or that's just him being a great natural runner. 
but good things happen when they touch the ball. Um, the stats on their running was pretty even, I believe. Yeah, Rashad White, nine carries for 69 yards, two touchdowns. Chip Trainum, 15 carries, 62 yards, one touchdown. Um, Trainum got more of the heavy work, as we expected, as we've talked about. It's the change of pace back that makes these, these, these this duo so good um, with Rashad Speed and Chips, like um, absolute bulldozer of strength. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I really, really enjoyed what I saw from both of them tonight. So good things happen when you give them the ball. So my biggest takeaway tonight, I think is going to be the Zach Hill offensive playbook and how much it allowed the offense to really open up and just let loose. Um, and they really, in my opinion, were, like they just took the most chances on first downs. Um, obviously, that's when you want to take the most chances. Um, but ASU actually utilized them. They didn't just, you know, go for something small. They went for it. They went big and they committed. Um, and I say that because 217 of ASU's 274 total yards in the first half came on first down plays. That's a good stat. Yeah. The, the, the most frustrating thing as a fan and just a viewer watching the sport, even if you don't have no skin in the fight is watching a team run the ball blindly on first down and get two yards to set up the run, which is something that ASU could do. They could definitely do that. They could, they could choose to run the ball on first down and, you know, pick up three to set a play action on second down or to take a shot on second down. And, and they have the talent to be able to do that, but they don't because they're, they, they've been more creative and they know that it's working and that they're willing to take shots uh, even when they don't have to. Um, Jake Hart's put it perfectly. When ASU doesn't beat themselves, they can beat any team on their schedule. They have that much talent, and I think they do um, at, at, at almost every level. I mean, the wide receiver room is deep. It's young. Um, you know, as we said last week, Johnny Wilson was the one that stepped up last week and Ricky Purcell stepped up this week. And I think we just need to dial it back on saying that there needs to be that one guy. There just needs to be that one guy each game. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be consistent. Um, and then yeah. yeah, you go to defense, every single level has, you know, that, that guy, that, that elite player, Darian Butler, uh, and, and Merlin Robertson as linebackers, um, DJ Davidson on the front. Uh, Jack Jones and uh, Chase Lucas on the corner. I mean, they have guys. They have those guys, and that's what you need to succeed in such a tough Pac-12 that, you know, frankly just beats up on each other and spoils each other late in the season. This time it happened earlier to Oregon, but... Um, Dude, the Pac-12 is literal cannibalism. It's just so mean. It's so mean. There's there's just no, there's no room for... for also, um, can we just... Just to throw a little bit of shade at Saul, because <laughs> Saul wanted to be like, "Ace's not winning out." Well, Stop well, well, no, no, I'm chance. Well, 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 they haven't won out yet. This was probably no, the hardest but they game haven't. But, but I just, uh, you know, he, someone's a very, very salty Wildcats fan whose team is not going to win for more than two years. So. I'm gonna stay away from this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna retreat back in my little turtle shell. But uh, yeah, what if ASU does win out? Then what? Then what? Then maybe no, we make, I, him, I, maybe, maybe we make him eat the Jake's flakes. You never know. <laughs> what watch ASU's one loss this year be to BYU, and BYU yes. become the national champs. Boom, Bailey, I just called it. Done. Bailey, you're right. Good night for ASU athletics. ASU hockey won. Um, if you love to see it. We talked about it a little bit last show with Craig Morgan. 
Um, I'm really excited for, you know, the last dance that is Oceanside Arena, um, despite the rap problems. I will be going tomorrow. (laughs) I'm going to go tomorrow, get a little video for our show on Tuesday. Um, All right. Well, anything else you'd like to add uh, before we get out of here, Britt? Um... That was the quickest 47 minutes. I think I blacked out a little bit by celebrating. Um, I got so excited that I got sweaty while I was sitting here talking. Oh, one more takeaway that I saw that one bad takeaway since we have so many good takeaways. Um, the So as I mentioned, pressure was the way you get to DTR. And you saw him on that third and five throw um, a, an errant pass that was deflected. And, or I don't even think it was deflected. I think it was just incomplete. Um, then they had to punt in that third quarter. The next drive, the same situation. Third and five, no pressure at all. They bring three, I think. Drop back into coverage, and he com- and he completes like a 25-yard pass. Um, that's something that I think the defensive play calling was a little weird tonight. Um, but with a unicorn guy like DTR, I think it's hard to game plan and come up with a consistent victory um, against uh, an X-factor like him. So that's the only other gripe and bad takeaway I have. Other than that, I thought it was a very complete game in the second half. The first half was a little shaky, but overall, you you have to be happy with going into the Rose Bowl and winning by more than uh, by double digits and winning securely um, with the game being over with like ten minutes to go in the fourth. The last time I was at the Rose Bowl, uh, I was it was for the 2019 game, and I was with Joe Healy. And these UCLA fans that were sitting a couple rows uh, in front of us kept turning around and like their shit talking made no sense because it wasn't like (laughs) actual like insults. It it was weird. Like, and I want to say they were like smart, like trying to outsmart us. They were just like dorky nerds. And Joe got so pissed off. He told them like, you don't have the authority to talk to me anymore. (laughs) And they like didn't talk to us the rest of the game and like stopped bothering us it was weird they're just weird fans i'm not i don't know <laughs> all right well Santa Devils fans i hope we're feeling well um go out and celebrate this win on a nice saturday night um we'll be back in studio on tuesday um to talk stanford and other asu athletics uh asu hockey volleyball soccer updates Um, as well as a brief preview into Stanford and what's to come. But good win tonight. Super fun game to watch. Excited for the rest of the year. And um, I'm just ready. Britt, anything else? Not uh, Nothing for me to add, no. Cool. Cheers, Sun Devil fans. Have a good night. Peace.